Today's quote is, If you just communicate, you can get by. But if you can communicate skillfully, you can work miracles. Jim Rohn This is episode 45, where we will be discussing the classical conditioning theory. Once you open your mind, there's no turning back. The path to building superior intelligence requires us to unlock the most fundamental secrets of the universe. You are on the verge of having the life most people can't even imagine. Welcome to the Joel Said Podcast. In this podcast, we decode life and hack success with the help of neuroscience, cognitive psychology, and cutting-edge research that you can apply to your daily life. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about the classical conditioning theory. So this is one of the most well-known theories in the world of psychology. Remember the experiment with Pavlov and his dogs? Yes, this is that experiment. You also might know about it from the Big Bang Theory. Um, There was an episode where Sheldon was actually trying to condition Penny to act in the way he wanted her to act by giving her chocolate every time she did something good. And then when Leonard caught on, he sprayed Leonard with water when he didn't act the way Sheldon wanted. I thought it was a pretty good episode. So let's talk about exactly what the experiment was like with Pavlov. It took place in 1902, and it was an exceptional experiment that ended up coming up with the classical conditioning theory built upon the idea that certain things aren't learned, that they come naturally but that you can actually train someone or something to do something you want. So Pavlov used his dogs. He realized that when his scientists walked into the lab to feed the dogs, they wore white coats. The dogs would salivate when they saw food. And when they started seeing the scientists in the white lab coats repeatedly, they would salivate. So what Pavlov decided or what he kind of figured out from this was that you could train the dog. So their natural response was to salivate when they saw food, but it was a learned response to salivate when they saw the white lab coat. So he decided to create the experiment from there. And what he ended up doing was he replaced the white lab coats with a bell. He started ringing the bell every time he gave the dogs food. It was repeated over and over again, and he finally figured out that if he rang the bell and didn't have food with him, the dog still salivated because they associated the bell with food. Pavlo states that two stimuli presented close enough over and over creates a strong association with one another. So with the bells in the dogs, there was the association of the bells with food, which caused the dogs to salivate. But timing is the key to this theory. If the bell wasn't consistently rung right when the food was presented, the dogs wouldn't have created and learned the association or behavior. So think of an unconditioned response as completely natural. Food, we all salivate when we see it. 
But the conditioned response of salivating with the bell was something that the dogs learned. This theory was later further developed by another psychologist, John Watson, who conducted a similar experiment, but this time with humans. It was called the Little Albert Experiment, and it was published in 1920. I had never heard of this. I've heard of Pavlov Pavlov and his dogs, but this Little Albert Experiment was new to me when I was doing research on this. So it was kind of interesting because it was done on humans. But what happened was that Watson used the same procedure as Pavlov and had that he used on the dogs. But this experiment involved a nine-month-old infant. Before the experiment, several stimuli such, such as a white rat, a dog, a monkey, cotton, and other furry objects were exposed to the infant and the baseline reaction was noted. Every scientist knows that they have to have a baseline to go off of. During the experiment, a rat was placed near the infant and he was allowed to play with it. But a loud sound was made with a steel bar and a hammer every time the infant touched the rat. Albert responded by crying in fear. You hear a loud noise, especially to a little baby, it's scary. While repeated over and over again, the infant showed fear by crawling away from the rat. Albert showed fear at the sight of a rat and other furry animals just because of the association of the loud noise and the rat. This theory is based on learning a new process or behavior via the process of association. Two stimuli or events are linked together to produce a new learned response in a person or animal. So classical conditioning takes place in three stages. You have before conditioning where you have your neutral stimulus, so which is your natural response to something. So with Albert, furry animals were cute. He petted them, he played with them. With the dogs, the food, they naturally salivated. There was no conditioned stimulus or unlearned behavior because this is before the conditioning. Then you have the second stage, which is during conditioning. In this stage, the neutral stimulus gets associated with a conditioned stimulus. So this would be the bells being associated with the food, the furry animal being associated with the loud noises, or even something as simple as, you know, you start associating someone's perfume with a specific person. And then the third step is after conditioning. Now the conditioned stimulus, which may be a specific person in the case of our perfume, is being associated with the unconditioned stimulus, which can be the perfume we smell. Those two associations create a conditioned response, which may be finding that person attractive. So they had this perfume and you have this attractive person. Now, even without the perfume, you find this person attractive. In the dog's case, even with the bells, without the food, they salivated. Albert, he was scared of the rat even without the sound. So it's conditioning us to learn a certain behavior. So you're probably wondering, how does this all tie in with persuasion? Well, it's pretty straightforward. If you want to influence or persuade someone, get them to do something at the same time as doing something they like doing. If repeated over and over again, your desired task or argument will be considered positive for the person by association because they're doing it along with something they like. One of the most researched and effective strategies is to touch someone on the arm every time you make a specific argument. 
it subconsciously gets ingrained in the person's head and they start creating associations with the touch and your point. So in the future, even if you touch someone without saying your point, they'll act as if you made the point that you wanted. In marketing, advertisements ask consumers a series of questions that have a yes response to them. So, you know, it can be something as simple as, do you like nice days? Do you like traveling the world? Do you like being adventurous? Do you want to buy a plane ticket to this place? It ends up because you answered yes to you like nice days. You like traveling. You like adventure. Then buy this ticket. It's essentially getting you to say yes to a bunch of questions in a row. And then you end up associating these questions to answering yes. So when the marketer or the advertisement finally asks a question of whether you need to buy their product to enhance your life, the association and momentum of you saying yes continues. This is also the reason why desirable women are used in different advertisements. By association, you create a similar desire for the product as you already have for the woman in it. Repeated enough times on TV, when you see the product in person, you elicit the same type of desire you elicited when seeing the woman on TV. It's all about association with classical conditioning theory. So back to my original thing of the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon wanted Penny to act in a certain way. And so he was conditioning her by giving her a piece of chocolate every time she did something he wanted. So he conditioned her with the chocolate to act in a certain way. And that's what people do with persuasion influence as well. So with classical conditioning theory, in marketing it with persuasion, you can get someone to act in a way you want them to by repeatedly doing something at the same time as something they deem to be enjoyable. And that way, they start to see you as enjoyable. It's all about association and timing. I hope you all take away something from this. Thank you so much for tuning in. I just want to give a shout out to one of our reviewers. Quote, I found this podcast in the new and noteworthy section. I really like how they use research in every episode and the how-to section is even better. It really helps break it down into ways I can implement this research into my own life. Thank you so much, NFL85715. We really appreciate all the feedback.